My name is Emily Harris, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow. And I'm Will Campbell. Joining you is Adam Eberhardt. And Alec Cowan. It's going to be a great show. We're going to get it started immediately with some footy talk, as Will Campbell likes to call it. Well, welcome back, too. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, yeah. We did have a podcast last week. You can go back and listen to that at the Emerald Podcast Network's vast locations of said podcasts. DailyEmerald.com, SoundCloud, your podcast app, or however you decide to take those in. But we're going to start with World Cup Draw, and that happened this morning. It's currently 12.36 Pacific time on the West Coast of the United States. It happened earlier today in Russia, in in Moscow, Russia, at the Kremlin. At the Kremlin. The groups... put some the Russian national anthem on in the background for you folks. Go ahead, Sean. Well, Russia, they get Group A. They're with Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay, as Alec laughs into his hands currently as the national anthem of Mother Russia begins and continues to go. And it'll fade off in the distance. it goes away. So the rest of the groups, I just said Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay for Group A. Portugal, Spain, Morocco, Iran for Group B. Group C, France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. Group D is Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. Group Group E E is Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia. Group F, we have Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. Group G, we have Belgium, Panama, Tunisia, and England. And Group H, to round it all off, Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. So we were talking before the show about uh, some groups of death, but lo and behold, we don't really have any. Would there's you couple, agree with there's that? There's a couple arguments you can make for okay. some. Okay. What do I you think, think a group of death I, constitutes I would, that I, all the teams could win the group, and you could make great cases for that. All four teams could win the group. When I think group of That's death... That's what I think of when I think of group of death, and that if these... if if two of those teams go out, it's a shock. I think I'm similar to that. It's like I, when I think group of death, I think I see the countries that are traditionally very successful in international play, whether it's World Cup or friendlies or anything else, or the continental tournaments. Um, big names all in one group where, yes, there could be two names out. That would be you know a shock regardless, but just seeing the high-powered names and the teams with a known history of, of success. I think, I think, yeah, when I think of group of death, I think of the best group. The one with all of these... It's, like, unlucky that this that this club or this country was selected for this group. I would I would say there were arguably four in 2014. There's oh, probably man, yeah. none. You have Brazil, yeah. Croatia, Mexico, Cameroon. Mm-hmm. You had Spain... Holland, Chile, Australia. Yep. Oh, yeah. You that had was crazy. Uruguay, Costa Rica, England, Italy. You had the U.S., Germany, Portugal, and Ghana. That's insane. This time, Nothing. you you really don't. You mm-hmm. have one group where you're like, you start to see it, you're like, Portugal, Spain, oh my gosh. And then it's Morocco well, it's, and Iran. Yeah, you have like two, there are two, I guess you could call them serious unconsciousness groups. You might see some, some underdogs get through, but you're not going to see 
both Spain and Portugal miss out like you saw. I, I would say the, 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 England the toughest one is Uruguay. Group F. It's seemingly a predictable Italy, predictable uh, draw. But Well, let's go to predictions. Who, I mean, let's just get right predictions. to it. Who do you think is going to win that? Win the whole World Cup yeah. based the on the groups? Well, I mean... We're just going from that. We don't we, even know the squad. We, we can predict no, just based on. We, we don't even know who's in just charge gut of feeling. Some of these teams. We can gut predict feeling. a final. Predict two teams for the final. How's well, that sound? I like that. Sure. I mean, it's can Argentina Ger- run Germany into is going to be in, in the final? I haven't seen what the bracket looks like. Do you know what the bracket is? Because that I, comes I, down. to I it. don't actually. That's interesting. But because without, without, I wanted to say that it, for me, I'd love to see an Argentina versus Brazil yeah, final. That for me, Brazil's not good enough. I don't think Brazil's good enough. I don't think Brazil will make it. No. Argentina though. Well, yeah. Messi, Messi will drag them to the final. I think it's entirely possible. Well, definitely, yeah. Um, but Germany, with how good they've been, Germany keeps getting better. I, I really yeah, think so. They just play their B squads in qualifiers yeah. and just smack teams. Yeah, their, their youth squad just crushed all competition coming mm-hmm. in here. Yeah, so that's that's what kind of has me worried because um, I really don't have a team to pull for, but I have some German heritage, and I don't want to bandwagon on Germany though. I think it's going to so. be Brazil though because you have. All they missed from 2014 was a defense. They've got that defense now. They, they Neymar's have it, older. He's but... more mature. He's become a real leader. Oh. He led them to the the Olympic gold in 2016. That's my argument for them. And then you have Messi. I don't have team has already have, been there. I don't think Brazil's midfield has what it takes. I think they're they're center midfield. Yeah. Like, but the, the problem with Germany is they're so you have to like get Germany off its game, and it's so hard to do that. It's Germany. It's, 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 Germany. Yeah, it's Germany. There's no way. So repeat. Yep. Uh, I would say a repeat, and I could I could see them beating either Argentina, or like a sleeper Spain in the final. A sleeper. Can you really ever call Spain a sleeper after last year? Yeah. Or sorry, last World Cup. Yeah. Still. They oh, produce. I mean, what about Portugal? They, they won the produce. Euro. They won no. the Euro Cup. No. The Euro was a fun one. That was bigger, f- bigger yeah. groups. I think that was good. I think you have a good case with Portugal to make a run. I don't think that they go very far because I could they, see have them in to, the they have to run into Spain. I could see them get pretty I could far. See Semi, the semifinals is far, I think, for them. But yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I would expect them to win their group with Spain, Iran, and Morocco. So. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, but so we can look through. Who do Germany, you- Germany, Mexico, that group with Sweden and South Korea. That's a good argument for a strong group. I think Belgium, Panama, England, Tunisia. That could be a little bit of a troublesome group for one of the Belgium, Panama, or England teams because I think Panama can do it. They have the inspiration now. They've they've got into the World Cup. Yeah, it's exciting to see them there, definitely. I mean, regardless of how the outcome Mm -hmm. turns out to be, I mean, now that they're on that stage, especially over the U.S., you know, kind of representing those little countries in the Americas, I mean, it's it's a big stage for them regardless. Yeah, the CONCACAF teams making out the World Cup. You have Costa Rica, you have Panama, and you also have Mexico. So mm-hmm. that's who you have. And it's very strange being an American watching the World Cup for... draw and not seeing the U.S. Yeah, it is. I'm going to be rooting for Mexico big. for this one. For the whole World Cup? For the for the whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go where it... the family is, and I'm going for England. But Okay. I'm I'm going I'm sticking with Argentina. I wanted I would love to see Messi win a World Cup. And I mean it's it's a, it's kind of a tall order because of greatest player of all time if he does it because of Germany. Well, yep. no question. Yeah. Guaranteed greatest player of all time. 
he still is the greatest player of all time. I'm I would saying, agree with that. There's no My argument opinion. if he wins the World Cup. You can't make an argument. There's that he's no argument. No, he's not. There's no there's, argument whatsoever. Because people do make that argument, people. and that argument is the international success or lack of. Mm-hmm. He's been to Copa America finals. He's been to yeah. He's been to the World, World Cup, Cup final. final. Yeah, and he hasn't won it. That's that's the argument right now. You have players like Maradona. It's a, I think that's it. a pretty Pele. weak argument, though. Well, and now Pe- Ronaldo, Pele makes Cristiano Ronaldo has won a Euro. He carried a Portugal side that was nowhere near favorites. Yeah, but still, it's the Euro. If Messi won the Euro, Euro, then people would say, oh, Messi well, didn't win the World chances. Cup. Exactly, he's, yeah. he's been to the Copa America three years straight and failed. Yeah. Copa America yeah. final, three but, but, years straight. But when Pe- people would say, like, oh, Pele has whatever, you know, so-and-so World Cups, but Pele never played in. I think you have to break up exactly. You have to break it up into different times yeah. to come into this discussion of greatest exactly. players. Finger in. We're gonna dump, jump into EPL like that. Yeah, that we're going MLS Keep first. Yeah, we gotta go back. To, okay, back. Okay. Come back home first. He's Teaser. too excited. Teaser. He's wearing an Arsenal Christmas <laughs> sweater. Explain it to the to the audience. Describe here. it to the viewers. Obviously, it's red because that's the, the color of Arsenal and Christmas. It's got white snowflakes down the torso. A snowman, a red and white soccer ball is the body. Scarf, it's of course. Obviously, got a scarf as well. The Arsenal red and white, of course, striped scarf and Arsenal in white letters below said snowman who's wearing a black hat obviously the carrot and pieces of coal is that what people put in the yeah. snow I've never made a snow traditional yeah. sticks for arms that's right yeah very it's true fam- very family Sean friendly is our, sweater Sean know. is our local Southern California uh, soccer fanatic so I'm not <laughs> sure he's ever made a snowman before in, <laughs> no. in South I've Central the, I've Los been to Angeles. the snow a few times I have not um, lived in it so speaking of snow there's a lot of rain here, and there's a lot of rain just north of here. And it rained goals this weekend for the Seattle Sounders yesterday, specifically Clint Dempsey carrying the Seattle Sounders into MLS Cup for the second straight year. They'll face again Toronto FC, who beat Columbus 1-0 two days ago. Columbus, hashtag save the crew. That's definitely going to be a tough pill to swallow for them. Toronto back into... MLS Cup, they Columbus, they they tried to fend them off. There was a penalty save. They they did all they could. They just couldn't get themselves a goal. Toronto goes through Giovinco and company. Josie Altador and the gang, they're in. We'll see how that all goes down. But Seattle, a little background for all the listeners. I am a lifelong Alaskan. Um, we have no professional clubs up there, so the nearest club. There are to myself are the Sounders, and I have a lot of family in Seattle, so I've kind of uh, taken my high school and middle school years to uh, cheering for them. And I know Will over here is a big Timbers fan, so we like to get into it every now and then. But the Sounders throughout the MLS playoffs came through with a 3-0-1 record and scored seven goals and conceded none, while Toronto came in came through the playoffs to the final with a 2-1-1 record, scored three and conceded two. So it's nice to see the Sounders coming in really hot to the final. So that's that makes me very optimistic. And led by Clint Dempsey, who, who at one point we didn't think was going to be able to play anymore. Yeah. The regular heartbeat, and mm-hmm. then Jordan Morris is back. Very Yes, very briefly after. So, he hadn't played since September. Wow, was that was a couple a, months. I at think. least at least It was September, weeks, I think, was the last time he weeks. had been in a game for yeah. the defending champions. But that was conference final games. Kind of a snooze fest in the first leg, at least in terms of Columbus versus Toronto. Second leg was a little more exciting because it was close, and that game produced something 
that I would call the soccer version the equivalence to a three-point shot, which is the away goal, because Columbus was down one to nothing in Toronto. They score, it's tied 1-1, but they, they go through. So from 0-1 to one actually propels them past them. That's why I like away goals as an argument to make conference finals one leg. They I should think be that's stupid because be this, this creates this kind of excitement. But then there's the good argument, like you're saying, well, the first leg was boring. Yeah. Nil, no. Send that to extra time. Send that to penalties. Well, the, be. The, the league makes money. Do That's they, true. though? Midweek games? That hurts. I know my dad called me on the phone and was like, so when are these second legs? Because I don't I don't see them on the guide for Saturday, the TV guide. And I go, they're, they're Wednesday and Thursday. And that confused him a little. And I, I had to remind him that's what they do now because that's where, yep. for whatever reason, they want people sitting and watching on TV at home. And that's where the night. U.S. men's national team players are doing this in the MLS. And that's why the U.S. is not in the World Cup. In November and December. Yeah. Does it come down to that too, you think? Does it come down to the lack of relegation promotion where you're, you're I mean, when oh, all- no, we didn't make the final. That's the that's the worst thing that could happen to you. And then you get to a World Cup qualifier and you're like, oh, my gosh, this high-stake pressure I'm not comfortable with because I haven't had to fend off relegation before. Well, I mean, what I was saying is that since all the U.S. players have flooded back to the, to the MLS – I mean, we don't we don't have any international experience anymore, except for Pulisic. I would I would make arguments. There's plenty of international experience. You have players like Fabian Johnson. You have plenty players like I, Deon, DeAndre. Yedlin. It's there, but it's not it's not enough. And it's it's just well, our captain is playing in Canada. My my opinion is that you have to send them out younger. You did. Michael Bradley did play out in Europe. He's played in several leagues out there. Yeah, most not notably anymore, though. the last one he was at was AS Roma before he came back. Right, Josie Altador played in England. He played for Hull and Sunderland. And elsewhere. Well, but he's been around. I think the goalkeeper for Sunderland scored as many goals as, as Altador. <laughs> <laughs> that might that oh, might be accurate. I'm not going to fact check you on that because I don't I don't want to know that actual statistic. Yeah. And yeah, that's terrifying. But it's it comes down to that MLS Cup though. Let's just get it out. Your predictions for that one: Seattle versus Toronto. Yeah, I Toronto. Toronto with a score. Yeah. You get a score. Well, who hosts this? Toronto tries at that Toronto at again. Toronto. Again, yeah. <clears throat> Which is interesting, you know, because I mean, as nice as it was a terrible final last year. Yeah, oh, that was, so that was the was worst game of awful. I've seen on terrible final. final. But it'd be interesting if MLS put a rule or thought about putting a rule in to prevent this from happening again or just have it at a neutral site. I don't know why they don't just have it at a neutral site. They used to. I went to an LA Galaxy, If well, not LA Galaxy. I went to a game at StubHub Center where the Galaxy played. Back mm-hmm. then it was the Home Depot Center, 2008. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It I was remember. Houston versus Columbus. And they had a tiny little section full of Houston fans. No one else in the stadium was a Houston fan. And a tinier section with Columbus fans. And no one else in the stadium was a Columbus fan. Hmm. And that is what hurt it, is you well, didn't have fans well, who, who cared. You had me going who was wearing, I think, a but, U.S. But men's national team jersey. But the seats weird. were full. The seats were full, Pretty though, right? close. They weren't full. That's the thing. And I went hmm. to an MLS Cup final in 2011. I didn't go to the 2012 one because I went to 2011 when the Galaxy mm-hmm. hosted. And they got to host because they were the higher seed both yeah. those years. Then again in 2014, and the Galaxy won that one. Packed house awesome atmosphere that's why you have to have one of the teams the higher seed host and that is important too because that puts more emphasis on 
the regular season, which is also the argument as to a home team getting to host throughout. This two-leg stuff lets a team like mm-hmm. the Sounders last year get all the way well, by I mean, playing at home, too. The, the Arguably the best home field advantage, you know. Exactly, you have... which is why it's a problem mm. that if they sneak themselves in, the mm. Timbers have the best home field advantage, Thank sure. You. Oh, they not, don't, not anywhere close. They don't have a statistic. Let's look up the record. Oh, goodness. I think Toronto is going to use that home field advantage. They have my pick for MLS Cup this year, even though I honestly have a feeling that the Sounders are going to win it because they are playing the better soccer at the moment. But I say it's going to be a close one, but it's going to be 2-1. Juvinka's going to step it up. He's going to bag two goals. They're not going to figure out how to stop him, even though they know how to stop him. They're not going to figure it out this time. They'll just stick, two Chad, one, they'll just stick Chad Marshall on him, and it'll be fine. I think Sounders are going to How old is he now? Oh, gosh, like 30. <laughs> he might be. Chad Marshall this, versus this Juvinko. Is, this, is, this is so off topic now, but Chad Marshall is, 30, is, is now 33. I think that... Um, uh, I would have to say my prediction is three-one Sounders, just because of uh, Houston. Or sorry, not Houston, but Toronto's lack of production with only scoring three goals in four games and still conceding two. Um, I know they're talented, and I know it's going to be a home field match, but only scoring three goals um, as the top seed against a what was sorry what was Columbus was a five seed and the Red Bulls were a sixth seed, and you're only scoring three goals in four games against those teams. So that was pretty surprising, actually. Um, so I just think kind of going off of that, plus the Sounders are, are way more hot than they were when they came into the final last year. I That's true. They're way – I think they're, they know they're here. They know they can't come in and play like they did last time and expect to escape into extra time. But – um, I would have to say Sounders 3-1. I don't think they shut them out because that's such a talented, they have such a talented attacking team in Toronto. But I would think, I think Sounders are going to get away 3-1. I think, I think the Sounders are going to win going into PKs. I think it'll be nil-nil and PKs again and Sounders will win. That's my prediction. Penalties, okay. I was going to say 3-1 Sounders as well. Dempsey Hattrick? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! I mean, they certainly have the momentum going, and and you know, like like you said earlier, they're just playing better football right now, just consistently. They are, and you know who else is playing really good soccer right now? Manchester City in the EPL. They are on a win streak like no other. Actually, it's like quite a few. They're one win away now from tying Chelsea's record that they set last year. I think it was thirteen games. Winning straight, winning or winning, okay, wins, insane, and they got it. This week, in the midweek, on a Raheem Sterling curler right at the death against Southampton at home. So, City just playing unstoppable soccer. Then you had United. They beat Watford, Ashley Young against his old club. A couple great goals. Won a gorgeous free kick into the top corner. And they get the win there. 4-2, Jose Mourinho. A little questionable letting the United sit back. And then Watford get two goals. And then United have to go out of fourth through Jesse Lingard just to make sure with insurance. Well, Mourinho got kicked. He got sent to the stands, right? No. He didn't? You're I don't thinking think, of I don't Antonio Conte. I don't believe he did. You're thinking of Conte. Oh, okay. Who? He coaches Chelsea. And Conte was sent to the stands. But last week against Liverpool, I know Alec, a Liverpool fan, mm-hmm. happy or sad with that draw? I'm content with the Chelsea draw. Um, I mean, looking at the table, I mean, you've got spots, you know, three through seven, uh, kind of notching Tottenham there. I mean, you got those separated by about five points. Of course, Tottenham kind of falling in the table in the last couple of weeks. 
um, from their fourth position, um, Arsenal now in fourth. But, I mean, I'm content with the Chelsea draw just because these, you know, Liverpool's three points away from Chelsea. I mean, you got a pretty tight draw between all of those teams in there. And, you know, week by week, I mean, that can shuffle anyway. Yeah, and I, I think Liverpool looking really strong with Mo Salah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something. Mo Salah, Premier League top scorer right now, uh, 12 goals in 14 games, um, doing pretty well. Of course, all the talk is, you know, of how how Liverpool was able to snatch him off the waiver from Chelsea, um, considering, you know, how hot a start he's had. But, yeah, I mean, it's just Liverpool, of course, has been pretty contentious for me lately. Uh, that game against Sevilla there, um, dropping those three goals after that first half to, you know, they could have sealed the group there. And so it's it's been really inconsistent, I think. Um, and, of course, I think at this point of the season, we're seeing a lot of inconsistencies from teams. And that inconsistency for Liverpool as you mentioned in that Champions League game. We'll get into Champions League talk later. That one was against Sevilla. And we're going to just move on with the EPL. Arsenal, they actually dominated a game. Yeah. 5 to nothing, <laughs> 5-0 against Huddersfield. Yeah. Mesut Ozil. Yeah. It's been a good turnaround. He scored. Yeah, what year, what year is it, man? What happened? Mesut Ozil did not play that much better than he does in any other match. Oh, well, that's definitely not good. If he scores, he people play. say I he played. I don't play... think he plays well. I'm going to be one well, of his he... biggest critics. Do you, how often do you watch him? How closely do you watch him? Every week. Watch, every, you watch, watch every minute he plays? Yeah, they're very limited because he doesn't do much. He's a ghost. It's just, just like a 10-minute video. Week. What so I'm saying good. is if Ozil scores Basically. or even gets an assist. Arsenal uh, does well when he plays well. And they played Huddersfield at home. And, yeah, United. It was, I'm not. Messed I'm up not. Them, but. It was a dominating performance by Arsenal. But I, I'm not too impressed by it. It's Huddersfield Town. United didn't beat him. Yeah, but that's United. Yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and that is United. And just up the road, you have Spurs, and they traveled up to Leicester to play at King Power, and they dropped points. Jamie Vardy, Riyad Mahrez, and some great goals, and Leicester City gets the three points there. So some pretty good action from this midweek. And then you have this weekend some big games as well. Mm-hmm. I know the one I have circled is the same as Will's. Oh, it's 9.30 yes. a.m. Pacific time oh, yes. on Saturday. Should we do a tomorrow. live broadcast during that one? We're not doing a half live time. anything. We'll do one at halftime, and then we'll do one post-match. Maybe. And we'll publish I it might immediately be after that. might be interested in this. We should do that. Okay. I don't okay. know. He said yes. Yeah. Everyone hear that? You got me. Okay. You got me. Well, that's Man United versus Arsenal tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Pacific time, Saturday. That's right. That'll be fun. I think that's the one I've got most excited for, but also could be well the two clubs a snooze fest at the same time. The two Arsenal has been creeping closer towards Manchester United. Manchester United is sitting at thirty-two points in the table, and Arsenal sitting at twenty-eight. So an Arsenal win would bring that to a one-point difference there. Yeah, I mean that's it. Like yeah, that's there you go. But. You know, the midweek next week after those games on the weekend, those league matches, yeah, well, you get yeah. the biggest league of all, the Champions League. And for Man United, the job isn't done. They drop points at, at Basel in Switzerland. They lose 1-0. They have to play CSK Moscow. You have Chelsea playing Atletico. I think that group is kind of already solidified. Chelsea's going through. It's just a question mark about Atletico and Roma. So that could be one to watch for. Iron plays PSG, but also in that group, you have you have that. What's it? Bayern and PSG just dominate Celtic and 
and elect it's it's over there. Yeah, they're both going through. I don't even think there's a question because PSG has a plus twenty three goal differential. Bayern has a plus five. Bayern, Bayern and done. PSG are both all the PSG is going to win the group. Bayern's going to come in second. Real Madrid plays Dortmund. Dortmund struggled. They're out. Do they play for that third spot in Europa League? I think they should. I think you have to. You have to try and get into the Europa League. You get that jump right into the thirty round of thirty two. It's not a bad jumping off point. You try win that. Automatic qualification to the Champions League the next year, though I don't think that's something they should be worried about. They should get that anyway with the way they play in Bundesliga. Liverpool versus Spartak. Mo Salah again, maybe? I hope or so. Or is it hopefully not another Sevilla? Hopefully not another Sevilla. Um, I mean, I think definitely Sevilla and Liverpool are going through. It's just a question of who's getting that top spot at this point. Unless, unless Spartak wins and Sevilla ends up dropping points against Maribor somehow? They do. <laughs> oh, then then there's something something to say cuz Spartak goes in at second. They wouldn't get past Liverpool though. And I know Barca Sporting that's basically already done. This is the worst game it's, day yeah, match day. It's really not of the fun. Champions League. It, they're, they're, uh, Juve who needs a win against Olympiacos, but it's still well, expected. It's it's nice because um, you know they just had a Copa Copa, Copa del Rey game against uh, Mercia where they just you know it's they're getting the B players up and I think it's good and I think this I mean Messi's not going to play again it's good rest him um, it's just an opportunity for the B players to come up and show what they've got and I think that's good it's not as entertaining but you know it needs to happen and it does and those games they start off on Tuesday you can catch them on I guess Fox and Fox Sports One and whatnot, those games, Tuesday the 5th and Wednesday the 6th, the Champions League back in action, you get a round out, the final 16, it's always fun when it breaks into that, that's when it really heats up, the group stage can be exciting when you get the big matchups, but by the end of the group stage it all really boils out, I'm most excited now, I've got World Cup fever guys, it's only December. I woke up this morning and saw the draws. And got pretty excited. I didn't get as excited as I thought I'd be. I mean, like, I'm happy for the World Cup, but I saw some of the draws, and I was like, well... Is it the lack of the U.S. in there? There's a little bit of that and a little bit of no... I always like at least one group of death. You know, at least one. You're still going to get Spain playing Portugal, Belgium playing England, Germany playing Mexico. Well, Spain, Portugal, I think, on the second day of of the... World Cup. That's the that's, so that's going to yeah. Like we get a, right an, a really great match right off the bat. So we had that before the Flying Dutchman in 2014, oh Spain versus the what Netherlands very early on. Oh yeah. So could it be another one of those? Could it be? Oh man, it's exciting. You know, I the thing I really look forward to the most is seeing just this like the sleeper stars. There's always a couple players who just raise their stock through the, the roof. The Chicharito of 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, James. James of, exactly, yeah. for Colombia. Yeah. Now a star at Real Madrid. Yep. Who's going to be at this time? I mean, Mo Salah's already put his, imp- his, his, it's gonna be his someone footprint from, down. Someone from Iceland. Someone from Iceland. Someone from Could Iceland. be. Sigurdsson? Does, I, does he get even more attention now? It'll be, yeah, it'll be someone else. Uh, I don't know the team well enough, but he's he's got enough. To, I think it'll someone else will come. Someone else will creep through there. And I think Belgium's a team to watch for. People are going to forget agree. about them. Belgium... Oh, Belgium always comes in with, like, these players who are right on the cusp of becoming stars, and it just doesn't happen for them. All right. 
that's that's, that's fine by me. Yeah. I think it could could be an interesting one. I don't know. How about Peru? We didn't really bring up Peru. We didn't bring up Peru. That is true. A great that's story to get in. They had to go past New Zealand in the home and home, the two leg fixture after getting in and I mean, they kept a, they kept Chile out of getting into this World Cup, so they could be the the team that sneaks past Denmark and Australia. I think they do get past Australia. I don't know about Denmark though. You got Casper Schmeichel in goal. You got Christian Eriksen running the midfield. Could be a fun one. Could but be. the amount of club matchups—that's what I look forward to as well. When you see club teammates playing each other, Rashford versus Lukaku. Yeah. Or you got Loris versus Eriksen. Or club teammates playing with each other. Ramos and PK in the That's back. That's just the for, entire Spanish for, national team. Basically. I know. Yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> well, Germany it's too. Pretty inter- in Germany, yeah. It's pretty. I think it's entertaining. It's very. It's very. And that's why those countries do so well. Is they've got them and that's, all. Together. And that's why England doesn't do well because all of their players play in England against each other. <laughs> so. And they don't get the Christmas break. No, they don't. But we do, so we won't be back on the airwaves here at the Emerald Podcast Network, at least for the soccer podcast. That is for the winter break here at the University of Oregon. But for Will Campbell, Adam Eberhardt, Alec Cowan, I've been Sean Meadow. You can go to dailyemerald.com, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to some podcasts, not just Emerald FC, but the other ones too. Adam, take us away. We'll be back after the winter break. Happy holidays and happy new year. Drive safe.